With more hope and excitement than DC Rebirth, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network, hosted by me, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter, hello. And in case you don't know, this is your first time, this is the weekly podcast where we talk about all the events in the world of comic books and the movies and TV based upon them. And we also go through a certain topic in our superhero spotlight, all of which is going to be on this week's episode, but also... A fucking week for comics. Jesus Christ. Oh my Christ. God, there's too many things Jesus to talk Christ. about in comics, isn't there, Chris? Hi, I'm Chris Antista. Happy to be live on this... Uh Sunny, this what this Wednesday? It's a Wednesday. Yes. Okay, it's well, New Comic Book Day, so it's Wednesday, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Walking ble- Dave, Dave Rudden. Right it here. all bleeds together when your pants have grown into your skin <laughs> in the same chair you sit in all the Please time. Please call me Dave Ruddenology Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's so many. Yeah. Like, there's DC Rebirth to talk about. Mm-hmm. There's Captain America to talk about. Is all thing. Mm-hmm. There's Comicsology Unlimited, and there were still more shakeups at DC. Uh, and then film division too like there's tons of stuff but before that but before that it's time to get into our weekly thing which normally in the superhero spotlight we talk about a specific character but this time because uh, it is the week of dc rebirth Mm -hmm. this week's superhero spotlight is the history of dc reboots select your hero this this is excellent. <laughs> yes, this is excellent because having to jog my memory on Flashpoint before oh I could God. read Rebirth. Yes. Uh, ouch. So you have read Rebirth as yes. well, then? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I as well. Two ninety nine for eighty pages. Pretty good deal. Wow. Insane. Deal. Insane. Uh, but yeah, so DC just went through its most recent reboot, which shockingly there have been way more than than you might think, and but most of them have happened even in the last ten years, like. Mm-hmm. They went, as it turns out, they go, they went 40 years without one, mm-hmm. and then 10 years without one, then then five years without one, mm-hmm. and then two years without one. Jesus. And, and now it's the most recent one in five years. But so, to talk about DC Reboot, you have to talk about where DC all began, which mm-hmm. was Action Comics number one, Detective Comics number 27, the first appearance of Batman and Superman, and all the superheroes that followed it. That were published by National Comics, mm-hmm. and uh, which was the original name of them, as as Stanley mocked heavily on the previous yes. uh, podcast. Direct competitor comics. <laughs> Actually, National Comics sounds like where you'd read like white supremacy books. Yeah. It does mm-hmm. yeah? Where Captain America would read. <laughs> now, uh, but yeah, it, it's it started as National, and after a few years of making all these. Um, you know, more superheroes because Superman and Batman were so popular. You know, they made Green Lantern, they made The Flash, Doctor Fate, Wonder Woman. They made all these characters. That then in December of 1940, they had enough that they decided in All Star Comics number three, let's create a collective of these characters and have them all in the same story. That is the creation of the DC universe when they recognize that these superheroes share each other's universe. It was December 1940. Jesus. Pearl Harbor was still standing. We were not... uh, Hitler was was just... Almost 20 years off of the Marvel universe coming together as a collective? 1961 was when uh, Fantastic Four began. Though... 
technically in the 40s mm-hmm. uh, cap cap namor and human torch all did cross over but sure but it was like urkel showing up on full house it <laughs> yeah. happens once it's, we all remember it fondly but it doesn't establish a larger goal uh, yeah. or a shared universe though so the batman and superman editors were very protective of their characters mm-hmm. they barely showed up in the mm-hmm. justice society comics but the rest of them who were not usually successful enough to support multiple books like superman and batman mm-hmm. All-Star Comics was where they all got to get together with the Justice Society and the All-Star Squadron and just have adventures together. And so that created a DC universe. Mm. So after World War II, the DC universe, like other than Batman and Superman, every other comic went down in popularity and was pretty much canceled, at least in the superhero genre. Uh, DC was doing better than Marvel, but still didn't have much beyond them. But then... In October 1956 is considered the first true reboot of DC Comics, which is when, as we talked about in the Earth 2 Spotlight, the creation of Barry Allen. Barry Allen became the second Flash who read about the other Flash in comic books, and it was them just saying, like, you know what, this is a new DC universe. DC has been restarted. This guy named Barry Allen is our first real hero, and he exists in a world with Superman and Wonder Woman. And it was them just saying, like, you know what, all those old comics from the 40s, Forget it. Like, these are the new superheroes of the 50s and 60s. It so was, Bar- Barry Allen is, is emblematic of a relaunch in general. Yeah, that's why you'll see Barry Allen is key to most of these mm-hmm. reboots because the DC it is strange. legacy is just like Barry Allen is connected to it. Like, mm-hmm. he is the multiverse. Mm-hmm. He is the guy who restarted wow. uh, the thing. They see him as, like, the torchbearer, mm-hmm. as the guy who rebooted DC because they, arguably if... Without a Barry Allen, mm-hmm. DC wouldn't have gone beyond Superman and Batman, the two popular guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Barry Allen then led to Hal Jordan, who led to uh, redoing of most of the old named characters or bringing back Wonder Woman as well, doing the Justice League instead of the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in uh, as we also talked about on Earth 2, that's when they made up Earth 1 mm-hmm. and other Earth is in the multiverse to explain how those old comics happened. And so that that's how things got complicated. But that was 56. So 30 years later. Oh, no. In 1986, it is yeah. viewed that... By the DC Holy shit, we have to do this on 302010, don't we? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That it was too complicated. They're mm-hmm. just like, this is way too complicated. We have 8,000 Earths and all these other characters, and it's not friendly to new readers. And this has been DC's uh, key thing every time they do a reboot. That they're just like, well, this isn't friendly to new readers. And I would like to say that... I think if you look at this history, I don't think they were particularly successful in making their books more friendly through these things. Mm-hmm. Like, But they are a definite way of freshening up the books, which they did need at the time. Because mm-hmm. in 86, they were still seen as like the kind of not-so-fresh <laughs> company compared to Marvel. So, 86, they got the team behind Teen Titans, their most successful book of the early 80s, mm-hmm. Marv Wolfman and George Perez, to spearhead the big reboot the mega crossover mm-hmm. marvel in 85 did secret wars which was the mm-hmm. first like maxi series crossover of its type and dc in 86 was like we'll do that one better we're going to <laughs> have everything in it and only george Perez could draw it because it involved every single character that had ever been in a cry in a dc comic it's like secret wars but we're gonna fix stuff <laughs> yeah it, it was their hope to so mm. their idea was like well we've got all these worlds mm. we need none of them we need to have just one so people can keep track of it mm. and so they'll know well which superman am i looking at like they'll know exactly which superman they're looking at 
And it was uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez who did it. They took in a character they had created for Teen Titans called the Monitor, who is pretty much a ripoff of the Watcher. Mm. No, it's no offense, DC fans. He's a half man, half horse. Uh, no, who? No, <laughs> he's totally just sorry. a guy. Did you watch regular porn? <laughs> <laughs> he's just a guy with a like kind of braided hair mm. in a in a suit in a weird space suit who watches stuff. Mm. And but there's the Anti Monitor from the Anti Matter Dimension who wants yeah. to destroy everything. And he's created as the biggest, baddest bad of DC ever. And he is killing worlds over and over. He kills Earth-3, he kills Earth-S, he kills all these other worlds, and they're left with a choice of, like, is he going to... Will he kill everything, or can they stop him? Mm -hmm. And in stopping him, save what's left. And so they stop him, they do save what's left. Like, Superman, the original Superman, gets the killing blow. Mm Mm-hmm. And Marvel Wolfman ahead of time said he would not kill any characters that were older than him, which is why Earth 2 Superman doesn't die. Mm-hmm. He gets him and Lois Lane, the original ones, they get teleported to heaven just so they can say, like, oh, he didn't kill them. <laughs> uh, and then all the rest just... Same be- thing happened to my dog. Yeah. Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> and the, the only other way they dealt with it is just like, oh, here's uh, Earth 2 Alan Scott. Well, now that Green Lantern is on Earth 1, and he's just there. Like, and he, he's been integrated into it. And so the Justice Society got to live, but the big deaths were Barry Allen and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Supergirl got killed off because they were going to change up Superman's origin to have no other Kryptonians than himself. Mm-hmm. And Barry Allen got killed off because that was Marv Wolfman's idea. It was like, we, he started the multiverse, he dies with the multiverse. Mm. And it was actually slight spoilers for this week's episode of The Flash, but in this week's episode of The Flash, they directly mention they they recreate him destroying a machine that would destroy the multiverse. Uh, Barry Allen destroys that machine, Mm -hmm. but in doing so, he dies. Now, that doesn't exactly happen in the episode of Flash, but it was a very clear reference to it, which Mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting to see it as I was prepping this episode. But so... So they kill off Barry as a way of saying multiverse is done. They rebooted it. They got rid of... Oh, the other interesting thing is that in multiple times of these, this is the first instance of it, they keep one person alive who remembers it all. Mm-hmm. Who kind who ends up representing the old fan who's complaining about the changes. <laughs> it's a very metatextual moment. In the first case, it was Psycho Pirate. This just doofy <laughs> idiot who had a mask. It's also my Counter-Strike <laughs> He had a mask that could make people feel things. It's like He's like, oh, you're scared. You're really scared. But they chose him. Isn't that what all masks do? <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else forgot that. Well, he could also make you feel happy. He could yeah, make you right. do stuff. But uh, he Clown mask can make you do both. He's basically a telepath, but with the extra step to do it. But when but when Earth when Earth reformatted to Earth uh, to the new Earth or Earth Prime and there were no other Earths, nobody remembered the old Earths either, except for Psycho Pirate, who in the last page of the book is like, things were better before. Uh, this this new world is no fun, isn't it? Isn't it? Like it was. They were being very clear to their audience about this, but yeah. So the. So it was meant to simplify things, and it did give them a great starting point for new modern origins of characters like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Like, this is where, without Christ on Infinite Earth, there probably wouldn't have been a year one Batman comic that Frank Miller did, because they wanted to do a new Batman origin for the new, a modern Batman origin for the new continuity. Glad you brought that up. But the problem with it Mm -hmm. was that most, like, it was an initiative, but editors are people. They can't agree on... Now their character knows something how one character doesn't. And 
And like the classic example I always think of of this is that Neil Gaiman, one of his first comics he ever wrote uh, was this team up between Superman and Green Lantern that Mark Wade was editing the book who would go on to be a great writer in his own right. But he was very, he loved the story, but he had to shelve it because the Green Lantern editor and the Superman editor couldn't agree if the Green Lantern knew Superman's secret identity, which was key to the story. And so they just put it in a file and it didn't, it got published 20 years later. Really? Like a completed comic? Well, a a completed script Mm. that by Neil Gaiman, which Mm. anyone would want to publish, but... At the time, they're just like, no, I don't agree. Superman wouldn't reveal secret identity to Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And then the other person says, no, Green Lantern would know it. And since they couldn't agree, they just didn't do it. And that was that's what fouled up so many different groups. Like the Legion of Superheroes, they got fucked by it. Hawkman got really fucked by it. Wonder Woman 2, mm-hmm. she stopped, as I mentioned in her superhero spotlight, she was no longer a founding member of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, even though they said, oh, this is this is a new starting point and this is going to be fresh stories. Mm-hmm. All the writers loved the pre-crisis stuff. And yeah. and most of them wanted to sneak in huh. the old stuff. And so they kept slowly but surely getting it in to the point by 1994, it was a confusing mess again. Mm-hmm. of just like, wait, who are these characters? And this is an Earth 2 person. How'd they get here? Superboy. Yeah, Superboy is a big example of that. <laughs> Same with the JSA. They had to explain how the JSA, the Justice Society of America, mm-hmm. still existed while also having existed in World War II. And it it became a total mess. So then we get to 1994, Zero Hour. Mm-hmm. In Zero Hour, Dan Jurgens, who is writer and artist, and he is the man who two years earlier killed Superman. Mm-hmm. So. So he says, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to do a crisis in time, it was Mm -hmm. called. And for the crisis in time, he was going to clean up the leftover messes from from Crisis on Infinite Earths. So he kills off almost all the Justice Society, completely wipes out the history of the Legion of Superheroes, and makes it so there was never a super boy who influenced the Legion of Superheroes. And he cleaned up all this stuff. And it was to... It was doubling down on the post-crisis stuff. And the most interesting thing to me was in the Zero Hour book, I loved it that the last issue in the back had a gatefold cover you fold out, which was a DC timeline mm-hmm. that gave you a full timeline of what happened. Yeah. But the best way it dealt with it was just like for characters like the JSA or, or Jonah Hex who mm-hmm. are set to mm-hmm. a specific time, they could say, in 1876, Jonah Hex did this. But when you get up to now, they just say... Ten years ago, Superman appeared. Nine years ago, Green Arrow appeared. Like, it was always just... It was X number of years ago, so it could always be current. It was mm-hmm. it was a nice idea. And in that book, the angry fan who wanted to undo, undo things was crazy Hal Jordan as Parallax, who just said, no, I'm going to fix things. It was way better in the past, and when we had uh, more planets, and I'm going to bring it back. And, of course, he loses, and things move forward, not backward at that point. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, in between there, Grant Morrison and Mark Wade have this idea called Hypertime, which tries to explain how, oh, in Hypertime, every story exists. And so everything counts. So they, they were trying to, but it didn't catch on. Yeah. That, that and was also an, why we couldn't call the show the network uh, Hypertime. <laughs> ah, damn it. Mm. And, but that's why that reboot didn't, didn't work out. Mm. And then 2006, though, Jeff Johns had become mm. so well-established that he was pushing for the return of a lot of things that he wanted. Uh, So then came Infinite Crisis in 2006. And a lot of his aims were to 
introduce some new legacy characters, kill off some weirdo 80 character, 80s characters that don't need to exist anymore. <laughs> Any of you missing? Cocaine Man. Uh, uh, I mean, it was hurtful to see the Justice... Members only guy. <laughs> there was the Justice League International, who were a really mm-hmm. fun group of... A, it was a comedy book mm-hmm. uh, of goofy guys like Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Elongated Man, Maxwell Lord. And when Maxwell Lord shot Blue Beetle in the face at the start of, <laughs> of Infinite Crisis and very much killed him and then burnt his body uh, to cinders like that was them saying it's a message fun time is over mm. like this isn't fun anymore and it's this- a message but it's one like a drug dealer usually sends yeah well it was also right after Identity Crisis mm-hmm. which was basically Brad Meltzer's attempt to do Watchmen in DC uh. and it was this further darkening of stuff and Jeff Johns is I think his thing at the end that he wanted to brighten things like mm-hmm. he wanted to show like People can die, and lots of people die in that book. Mm-hmm. But the last bit in the book is Superman saving the day and saying it's all about action. Like, this is it's about doing stuff, not being mopey and sad, but being Superman and being proactive. Yeah. That was the message Jeff yeah. Johns had. But in that story, it was Jeff Johns did the unthinkable, which he has done multiple times since. Yeah. And the unthinkable was like, well, they'll never bring back those characters that they shuffled off after Crisis on Infinite Earths, like Earth 2 Superman. Mm-hmm. And he just has him come back. And then he introduces the most like metatextual, awful character ever, which is Superboy Prime, who he <laughs> is. He is a guy who is from our Earth. That's he my is, drag name. He, he's from our planet, who mm-hmm. then got brought into their world, who is stronger than everybody and all that stuff. He also knows comic books. He was a comic book reader of DC Comics who's now in their universe. And he's constantly just saying to everybody, like, no, I liked it better this way. I know how to fix this. It's my idea. Like, he, he's a total asshole. Like, he's the ultimate villain of Infinite Crisis, and he's the guy demanding that he knows the right way for the universe to be. And that he can fix it. And he's, like, that's, that's his character. And uh, that then leads to uh, him and Alexander Luther then build a machine that's supposed to bring back the multiverse, but instead it reforms Earth Prime again as New Earth. And this New Earth then is where Jeff Johns used that excuse. Baby New Earth of Frasier, right? <laughs> she was so great in the revival of Chicago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they brought back... They, they, sorry, they bring I might back, as well not chime in again. I'm not going to do better than that. But no, they bring back the New Earth, and, and this was an excuse again to fix some things, like change it so Batman had... Batman knew who Joe Chill was instead of not, that Wonder Woman was a founding member of the Justice League. It was another way of them to fix things, but it was also a way to secretly bring back the new 52, or, or the 52 Earths and the multiverse. And so... Jeff Johns did a pretty good job of, of cleaning things up, but it's still like when you have a multiverse that's made out of 50 different writers and artists working at all times, it's going to get messy. And it got messy again, too. And I think the problem with pretty much all Jeff Johns reboots is that he knows how to do it himself within what he's writing, but yeah. he can't write as much as he'd like to. I'd love to, I'm sure. He can't write he every can't book. write everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's what kind of led to some more problems where they introduced the multiverse in some ways and then other car- other writers are like, oh, no, wait, I thought the multiverse was this. And it then just gets more and more complicated. Same with like, oh, does Kingdom Come count? Here's the Kingdom Come universe coming in here. Yes. And now here's the Legion of Superheroes. But wait, we have two Legions of Superheroes. And... 
And when the final crisis rolled around, Jeff Johns himself even wrote a side, a couple side books to fix stuff he messed up in Infinite Crisis. <laughs> to bring back a couple characters they killed off that they realized they didn't want to kill off. Superboy Connell, the newest Superboy, mm-hmm. and Kid Flash. And so they brought them both back. Uh, and that's when Final Crisis comes around in 2008, which Graham Morrison says it's like the day evil one dark side does kill the universe but then they restart the universe and everything's pretty much the same again but the only big change is so in infinite crisis barry allen only popped back up for a second and a flash sacrifices himself to save the timeline in a final crisis barry allen comes back again to save the multiverse and it further embraces the multiverse like grant morrison in final crisis even has Every type of goofy character from every planet or every dimension save the day with Superman. So Superman's like, well, it's not just going to be me. It's going to be the black Superman who's Obama in his universe. (laughs) And it's also going to be Captain Carrot. He's going to help me. We're all part of DC and we're all goofy idiots, but we're great. Like it was was a fun message Graham Morrison was making there. Mm -hmm. And it brought back Barry Allen just to make it clear again, like they were pussy footing around it multiverse is back Barry Allen's back there's a multiverse again Mm. deal with it suckers but that lasted for only three years and so (laughs) when Barry Allen came back he then became the conduit through which a new thing happened so this felt very like executive meddling but they decided that they needed a full like page one restart on DC characters and that they were going to get rid of their legacy characters Mm. Most of the stuff they did that made them seem old, like how Batman had, you know, a grown-up old sidekick like Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. and how how Jordan had done all these things, how there were all these sidekicks, like, they didn't want that anymore. It, it, they felt it made it too complicated. And so, they do a story called Flashpoint, which seemed very simple when it started, of just like, oh, this is one of those crossovers where they create a new alternate universe, and they hang out in that for five months, and then everything's back to normal. But actually, it was every book ended, like, just summarily that month, like, you better have an ending for your story arc, because it's over. Like, wow. it's Superboy, it's just fucking done. You better have a last page figured out, buddy. <laughs> Say, same with uh, same with Superman. All these books just, like, flat out ended. And so, Flashpoint happens where Barry Allen again goes back in time to try to alter his mother's Save death. Save his mother from dying. Save his mother from dying. He does it, mm-hmm. and that causes the world to be much, much worse. And so then he goes back in time to stop himself from stopping that. <laughs> and when he comes back, though, everything's changed. Everyone's mm-hmm. 10 years younger. All these characters, Superman and Barry, are both divorced. Uh, Aquaman, too. No one's married anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also no more JSA. There is a multiverse, but nobody knows about it. And there were no. And Superman was the first superhero. Mm-hmm. And so it was meant to simplify things and start from the beginning. It'd be like, okay, let's see these guys when they first start out. But it doesn't work that way because in some cases you got Jeff Johns, who's a high status dude who who wrote Flashpoint. But when Flashpoint's over, he's like, I know everybody's rebooting stuff, but I'm in the middle of a 10 year long story in Green Lantern (laughs) and I got to finish the last two years of this. So I'm not going to pretend that shit didn't happen. And so then you're left asking, well, then wait. So Blackest Night had to have happened for the story to be at this point, but it couldn't have happened because... They don't remember it. Like these other characters don't Jesus exist. Wow. I mean, I, th- I thought because I, I didn't. I tried reading some of that, like because it's pretty easy to keep Green Lantern separate from the rest of the DC universe. 
But still, those are like pivotal things that you have to acknowledge somehow. Yeah, you have to acknowledge that stuff. Like Green Lantern has to be, and it was the same deal for Batman. Graham Morrison was in the middle of his giant Batman epic, and he had to finish that. So when they said like, oh, uh, Batman didn't have eight sidekicks, and Graham Morrison says, the point of my story is that Batman does have eight sidekicks, (laughs) and he's using them as an army to fight another army of villains. Yeah. (laughs) Then meanwhile, you had Superman, who was like the most confusing, like this, this is the problem with the new 52 in general. So Superman, there were like eight Superman within five years. Mm -hmm. Like he had so many soft reboots within it. So, when it first launched, there was Action Comics, which was Grant Morrison's mm-hmm. Superman Year One, which was Superman when he was just starting out. Real good, and it was very, it was very good, and it was unrelated to all the other New Fifty Two shit because mm-hmm. Grant Morrison just was like, "I'm going to be in my corner doing my thing." Mm-hmm. But then there was Action Comics, which was written by George Perez, which had current day Superman. He was kind of a grumpy guy who was sad that uh, Lois Lane didn't love him, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then once Graham Morrison took his thing in his stories into current day, he was still kind of in combating. He was combating what was happening in the action comics book. And then at the same time in Justice League, there's a Superman who's dating Wonder Woman. And so you have Justice League Superman, who really isn't having much in common with action comics Superman mm-hmm. or Superman Superman. Jesus and tits. then... Graham, uh, then Jeff Johns takes over Superman mm-hmm. and gives Superman his like supernova explodey power and writes mm-hmm. about him for a year. Then, then they're like, oh no, Superman's secret identity is out. And so he's just Superman all the time. And he's a dude in a t-shirt and jeans and he can't fly. So then we have that. Then he just got his powers back and then has died and <laughs> will confused. be replaced by the old Superman yeah. pre-Flashpoint. That's how complicated New 52 got. And it wasn't much better for, like, the Teen Titans, Mm -hmm. for for Starfire, for any of the Justice Society or Earth 2, or for the Flash. Like, they... You had good... It was the same with Wonder Woman, too. Like, Wonder Woman, alone in her book by Brian Azzarello, great book. Mm -hmm. But then everybody else is... Like, they didn't recognize it. and Like, her appearance in Justice League and Wonder Woman Superman book wasn't recognized in the Azarello book. Like, they were treated as separate entities. And so, even though DC did the New 52 to have this idea of like, oh, they're all interconnected, and it'll be this mm-hmm. big universe, and everybody respects mm-hmm. each other's things, it was more just known for, well, no, the the most high-profile creators just say, nuts to this, I'm writing what I want, and yeah. then they just do it. And so, and then that... I, all, all of this, you, you see, like, just an impetuous child begins to form with... Almost all comic writers, for some reason. What's yeah. the one thing we're not supposed to do? What's the one character we're never supposed to talk about? He's the one coming back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to bring him back and I'm yeah. going to make him work. And, yeah. yeah. The one that was mandated we get rid of, he's the one we're going to center everything around. <laughs> and in, and the era was also defined by hearing these stories from mm. people who worked for DC saying like, oh, I submitted this story and then they canceled it or they made me redraw the entire thing or whatever. And a lot of, a lot of creative folks like Mark Wade and mm. Greg Rucka straight up quitting DC and just mm-hmm. saying I'm not doing this anymore like this I Marvel will give me money I, I don't need I don't need DC for so this Ruck stuff. is coming back Ruck is coming back mm-hmm. uh, partially so he doesn't have to work with a uh, 
Editor-in-chief in the no. Superman office who is uh, pretty much proven to be a serial harasser yet still has his job. <laughs> a, a subject I've not wanted to talk too much about on here because it's kind of a bummer. Let's not speak ill will of Perry White. <laughs> that Perry White, everybody knows he's he's got a reputation, man. Good news. Water's wet. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Apples don't cost a nickel anymore. <sighs> anyway. Finish that sports story, Ken. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I would say New 52 had a lot of really good stories in it. I could, like, Snyder's yeah. Run on Batman, Batgirl of Burnside, yeah. Jeff John's Aquaman. Kyle H. I liked. Kyle <laughs> H. Grant Morrison's work on Superman. Yeah, I just I, I see people reflecting the New 52 as, like, this giant mistake, but I was in the middle of a comic renaissance, and I had a fucking blast with a lot of it. Uh, Swamp Thing? Yeah, I think a- Animal were, Man, for yeah. fuck's sake? I think there were a lot of... There were a number of great books out of New 52, mm-hmm. but I wonder if they would have happened anyway. And I think there was also a lot of bad books and mm-hmm. bad decisions made. Just like not every book's great. Like it's same with Marvel. Like when they do all new, all different, you know, half those books aren't going to stick around. Yeah, well, I mean, they were bound by the number there, right? Like they had yeah. to have what fifty-two reboots. It's called comics. New Fifty Two, yeah. so there's fifty-two books being. But it, if yeah, yeah, you could have done a softer reboot and been like these comics that are working, we'll just keep them the way they are, and just these core, you know. Well, that brings us to May 2016, this very month, this very day, uh, Rebirth, DC Rebirth has happened, where now, well, we'll, we can get into it, we'll get into it once you've been reading, but the short version is that Jeff Johns is doing it again, and this time the audience surrogate is Wally West, who's just like, these things used to be fun, and I I miss the hope, and this is depressing, and... What made comics so depressing now? And so its big aim is like, it brings back Wally West. It wants to bring back the lost history of DC mm-hmm. and all these legacy characters, but while also not invalidating what happened the last five years with New 52, as is happening with like the best scene in it, I think, is when Wally West meets the new Wally West, who mm-hmm. was like th- to replace him. And he's just like, no, 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 he's not me. He's my cousin who also has my name who yes. lived in town over. And that's that's John's From approach in general. Of just like Cousin I, Dan. Yeah. But it's that's John's approach in general of like, I will invalidate nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll make it all work. I'll find I'll find weird uh, plot dancing ways to do it to make them all work. And I'm sure we'll get into it, but Rebirth read to me more of like more than a reboot, the end of reboots. Yeah. I, I, that, huh. That was it was very strange. Like mm. this, all this universe happened, and it all matters, and it all yep. still exists somewhere. Even in, in like, even if it's just your head, yeah, it still yeah. all exists. It's all out there, and it can all be touched at any time. And I, I don't know. I really like. We'll talk about it in a bit. I guess. So yeah, you can see just how complicated DC can get mm. just in just, just through a hundred years. Yeah, God. I this. Yeah, I would say. No, I always say that to com- to non comic fans. It makes sense if you're living in the moment when you mm. try and recap the stuff. It's easy to laugh at when you try and recap <laughs> ten years worth of a uh, canon uh-huh. and reboots. But like, I don't know. It, it made sense at the time. I I. I like that I lived pretty cognizantly through the New 52. And while I had my problems with it, I don't look back on it as an embarrassment. No, I don't either. It, uh, yeah, but... Not, so not creative-wise. Uh, I guess structurally and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, company-wise. Yeah, structurally, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping Rebirth will take them into some place new. But so that is a superhero spotlight on DC Reboots. Collect your hero. God damn it. I do all that work to get the sound clean. 
<laughs> then my computer has to have a note. Windows 10 had to ask, is it, a, is it okay that I made that sound? What is happening? All right, but anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the news of the week and what we've been reading, which does include Rebirth, and I your... big spoilers are ahead, so... Oh, big, big spoilers. If you haven't... Yeah. But, I mean, they're all over social media. If you haven't read Rebirth or heard about what's happened in this week's Captain America, yeah. might want to skip ahead a little bit. But, anyway, we'll be right back. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. And then uh, you went to the hentai jerk-off theater. Clearly there for like, go watch adult films or adult whatever. And then over it was a giant sign that's just like hentai every Sunday at 10 or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, when they do, when they would do these things like in the 30s and 40s and 50s, it's like, it's because there's like, well, I don't, I don't have a VCR at home. It's the 40s. It's I, don't have a, I don't have a TV. <laughs> so it's like, of course, I'm going to go to a theater. I'm going to sit way in the back and try real hard to jerk off under my pants. This is hentai, which means if you're into hentai. Or, do you even know what that word is? Do you even know what the word you is? You are so looped into the hentai scene. You have internet or you have a a 90s style ring of tapes that pass through your house we are japanese uncle yeah. you have some means to have already accessed it like, there can't be someone's like well it's time for my sunday night jerk off at the theater <laughs> what's all this cartoon i've been saving up all week yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all eight tentacles inside the woman get bonus time laser times weekly full-length uncensored and ad-free patreon exclusive podcast as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries wrestling and cartoon video commentaries physical rewards the first season of Talking Simpson and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Welcome back everybody. News time baby. All right, DC Rebirth craziness happened. That was huge in the news that broke this weekend about how the fix for Rebirth is that the New 52 happened. Oh, hold, be- hold, hold. Do we want to go all the way there? Okay, well, let's get into other news real quick. Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I, I meant to look I meant to look into that more. It's like, it seems like there's a catch. I mean, well, I think there is a catch. But so the, in case you haven't heard about it, Comicsology yeah. Unlimited launched by Amazon and Comicsology because it is an co- Amazon company now. Mm-hmm. Five ninety nine a month, and there's a thirty month, a thirty day free trial. Five ninety nine a month, you get access to a bunch of books, just not Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC aren't part of it because Marvel already has its own unlimited mm, sure, service. Sure, but so and DC fucking just what? doesn't care. It's an incredible deal. Yeah, it, so you get Image, Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, Image and Dark Horse; those are the biggest. Archie, but, yeah. Ar- uh, sorry, Archie as well. Yeah, <laughs> boom, all, all for five ninety nine. But the biggest issue I've seen with it now uh, that, or that came up when it was announced were all these creators saying um, hey wait a minute did you guys know about this thing because I hadn't heard about this how like, do people get paid yeah that's that's been the big question of like uh, I don't understand image writers or artists who I really enjoy like Ed Brubaker said um so how do I get paid by this thing when they read my book for free I mean or- it still tracks it yeah, because, yes, it does, yeah, but, yeah. like, it is the price of, like, one two, big two, DC book. Yeah, yeah and that's... A month but, uh, for everything. I mean, I, I would hope that they just get paid 
more like I mean, guys like Brubaker. I mean, I've heard about it for the, the Amazon Kindle Unlimited store split yeah. and how that goes. And it's not unlike YouTube Red and all these other subscription services where you get paid a percentage of what you're, everybody kind of splits money, mm-hmm. but you get paid more if your book is read more. But but guys like Brubaker and but and, them, so much. and Jamie McKelvey, like they they built their business like their business model is we make a thing so good you'll pay us to read it. And when you're not directly paying them to read it, they worry they're going to end up like the artists who, the the music artists who just say, "I make no money off Spotify." Oh boy, I made I made three thousand dollars off a million plays on Spotify. Hot dog! Like, that's that's the pain for a lot of those guys. They they're worried that that's what's going to happen to them. So but, did either of you sign up for that? No, I've got too I, many I, comics I, I don't I, read as I, is. I am going to, but like because I don't. I, like there has to be a catch that I'm not seeing here. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's but it's not like the whole library. It's what like it's not every image books on Comicsology that's older than six months is available. Yeah, it's they, not like that. They've tagged things not unlike how they do on Amazon with Prime materials. Yeah. There's a little yeah. banner that says unlimited. But if you go to the front page, it is everything. Thing and it is everything new. Yeah, and I'm and, worth. I I feel like trying it for that free trial anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was it that was just dropped like a bomb on people. Um, oh, also there was uh, outside of the two biggest news things, Marvel now with an exclamation <laughs> point got announced. Which uh, if you want to complain about too many reboots, like Marvel doesn't do Secret Wars was the closest thing they ever did to a reboot, which was really just erasing Ultimate Universe like that. That was to the extent, excuse me, that was to the extent they rebooted things in Secret Wars. But what Marvel does do every year is an initiative like Marvel Now, all new Marvel, all new, all different Marvel. Is is it all new, all all different Marvel now? Because of Marvel Now? Well, Marvel Now is the new start of that. And uh, though they're being upfront about it, the uh, editor in chief of Marvel, Axel Alonso, had this quote about it. All this grows out of a, our larger philosophy that the comic industry is moving into a seasonal model that isn't too unlike what you see with your favorite binge-worthy TV shows. Mm-hmm. So I like him being just open about it, and that is kind of what they've been doing. Of just like every new number one of Amazing is just them saying it's the next season of Amazing, do, like, of like, Amazing Spider-Man. I want to say I stand corrected on that. That uh, the new the new thing new things released in Comicsology are not under the unlimited. They redid their front page to be like, this is popular. So it's like Buffy season eight, which is like 10 years <laughs> yeah. old. Or Attack yeah. on Titan number one, yeah. which is which is fairly new to most yeah, people. Yeah, I can't tell. I, I did sign up for this mm-hmm. um, because I actually I don't have a lot of comics to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't tell like something like Invincible, which I've wanted mm-hmm. to read forever. Oh, yeah. But I can't tell how much of it I actually get because I could just download the first book. I don't know how many. How <laughs> uh, far I bet it... it's a hundred issues at least. I mean, that's yeah, not, yeah that's nothing. To... If not, I'd say at least the first fifty. Scott, like, yeah. yeah, but the oh Scott Pilgrim's on there too. Yeah, Oni. Yeah. I know. I know Scott. But Pilgrim because of the way that the page is set up, like it only tells you like look at all these awesome comics. First book, first uh, graphic novel of it. But it's like I want to know how many of these I can really get into for this uh, five ninety nine a month for mm-hmm. the free month. But uh, the slight aside. Comixology Unlimited caused me to shatter my iPad. What? What? So you broke your iPad's broken? My iPad. You broke it, your laptop and your iPad. Yeah. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. Well, so, okay. The iPad is a second-generation iPad. Mm-hmm. It's old. Yes. The only thing it, it can play, it can, like, I can use it to read comics, but really I was... Mine was fourth-generation and barely worked for that. I know. And I'm still mm-hmm. enjoying it. <laughs> but you I, delete everything else from it, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, but yeah. like my iPad's like general 
way of life is just like being left on my coffee table uncharged. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get some of these comics. I'll use my iPad to read them again. Mm-hmm. And I I charged it, and I didn't realize, like, I made my bed with the with the iPad underneath the sheets because I my I charged my all my electronics right by my bed. Uh, but I forgot that it was under the sheets, and sometimes during the day, like, I'll need to get something from around my bed, and I'll just jump on my bed, like, kind of, like, do, like, an elbow smash, and I literally did it on the iPad. Did it make a fun wow. sound? Yeah. Well, it was muffled by the pillow, so... Are you at all it, worried about yourself for destroying this many electronics in such a short period no, of time? No. Not really. <laughs> you sure? Because uh, I am. Well, no, because the, the laptop was... It's three years old. I've taken it... I, I put it in my bag every day. I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPad, the iPad. I'm just. I was just waiting for it to die. Really, mm-hmm. uh, the Pro is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, but Plus uh, my iPhone is great for reading comics too. So it's a huge iPhone. Yeah. Oh, so uh, there's been more shakeups in DC movie stuff, seemingly for the better. Of just that another uh, a man. I forget. The, I did not write down his name because he's not worth remembering. But he was executive producer on Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and. Um, and uh, upcoming Suicide Squad, and now he is being—he's—he's he's just producer, and it's basically them saying like, he "We'll still pay you, but go over there." Did, like, I, did I say that on on uh, on this show? I was I was obsessed with Turner Classic Movies very recently, uh, uh-huh. and they had and tonight's guest will be um, this man, the producer of every Batman film. Like, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> wow. And he's like, he's a listed producer on eighty nine. Through like fucking Dark Knight Return and, and Batman versus Superman, like who wow. the fuck are you? Hmm. You're not a you've never written a comic in your life. I'm trying to see if I can find his name. Uh, but well, the big news I woke up to this morning. Now I thought everybody today was going to be talking about DC Rebirth, but because I think partially because the spoilers... wait, oh, wait now, bigger news. Afterlife with Archie yes. issue nine yes. has hit stands. Over a year after issue eight has hit. Yeah. <laughs> what I, happened? I was, at first I thought it was because they didn't have it's the really money, good. but I had heard it was actually because the writer of it was working on the TV show Riverdale, which will soon be coming out uh, on oh, CW next year. Uh, but no, the big news that showed up this morning, spoilers for this week's Captain America number one. I mean, this, it was on the front page of USA Today yeah. and Entertainment. They didn't spend any, like, no spoiler warning at no. all. So... Well, nobody expected this. It was... Everybody knew this week coming out was Captain America number one. Steve Rogers is Captain America oh. again, but he's co-Captain where America. Did that, where did that happen? Where did he de that himself? Ha- that happened in Avengers Standoff. Okay. Because he went to a city... There was a city with a sentient cosmic... Let's just say it happened. Right, yes, he got de yes. Yeah, he got de-aged. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And so he was going to be Cap again. And people were just like, ho-hum, he's Cap again. I guess that's the new book. When they find out when they read number one... Marvel really like kept this a secret up till today when they decided to tell everybody about it. Captain America has been a sleeper Hydra agent since the beginning, apparently. And wow. he says, Hail, <laughs> it is impossible for that to be true. Let, but it, let's just state the facts first yes. that, that it is presented that Cap has always been a member, member of, Hydra. of Hydra since he was a like a five year old. Yeah, and then he in says, 1940. In and 1930, there's a big splash page of him saying "Hail Hydra," yeah. and he is the bad guy. And and the writer on the book, Nick Spencer, is uh, equated it to the the man in the high tower, where he says like Cap will be the uh, sorry the man in the high castle, mm-hmm. and Cap will be the good Nazi among mm-hmm. the bad Nazis who's trying to you know be less evil mm-hmm. but still works within Hydra, and. 
All right, let me. So, lots of people were pissed off about that. There was a big hashtag called "Say No to Hydra Cat." I and was legitimately shocked when I woke up today. I'm like, people are really mad. Over, really mad over multiple issues of of comics. And I, I, I and I'm, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I'm, I'm actually kind of like, oh, people can still get mm-hmm. mad. People still care enough to get mad because they're mad at Rebirth mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> mad at um, they're mad at Captain America. So with Captain America. One funny side effect and was... I it, got mad as well <laughs> I read it. Well, one funny side effect is that Ed Brubaker said he was getting a deluge of tweets at, uh, mad at him about it. And he's like, <laughs> I haven't written for Cap in 2012. I don't read superhero <laughs> comic books anymore. Like, yeah. please leave me alone. You <laughs> can be mad about this if you want, but I didn't do it. <laughs> like, that everybody assumes, oh, the guy who brought back Bucky would do but this. But that's like, but, if you think about it, it, like Captain America died. I don't even remember the news talking about it. Oh, no, it was in the news. Like, I remember the... But, like, the the mainstream news. This is just another, like, a weird thing. Like, everybody seems to be talking about this right now. I mean... Maybe that's just my world. That's because people, they just had a movie about Captain America. Whereas in 2012, I don't even know... No, no, no. Captain America died 2006. Mm. He died 10 years ago. So, or, earliest 07. But the fact remains, like, I think news sites, mainstream news sites, are geekier than ever before. And so they're covering... That's probably the reason. It's just, like, this is... Seems to, it's turned way more people's worlds on its head than I ever imagined. Yeah. And then I read it and like, yeah, no, fuck. This. <laughs> but I, 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 like, I got to read more just to yeah. like, fuck, no. So when I read it, what it struck me with, like, this is the superior Captain America. And this is like super spy, superior Spider-Man, superior Captain America. This is an interesting new place to put Captain America in, mm-hmm. but do not talk yourself into thinking this will last for two years. It won't, but it he won't. does He does a very unforgivable thing in the name of this new character yeah. in that, that issue as well. Beyond just saying, hail, hail Hydra, he does something you kind of can't come back from and still be Steve Rogers. Well, what I will say there is that Steve Rogers has always existed with a thing called a Cosmic Cube, sure. which is in that book. Like, the Cosmic Cube is referenced many times yes. in that book. And the Cosmic Cube can alter reality, even from the beginning, in ways you won't think it is. And so I'm just not... I'm not convinced they won't have a Cosmic Cube. Like, Steve Rogers is not going to be forever damaged by this. He'll be the goody-goody Steve Rogers in two years but from now. But is it real? I, like, Well, that's what you really have to deal with as a comic fan, of knowing, like, well, nothing lasts. Because if it's just like, a- oh, he was tainted by the the one ring, I mean Cosmic Cube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... But ha- all the way back to his childhood? This whole cosmic, time. Cos- this whole time. The Cosmic Cube can... Well, no, it's like back to the... That's back to the future rules. Mm. It went, the Cosmic Cube went back in time and changed time, so it's always been that way okay. since now. Because I think that's what people are really pissed about, because you're uh, implying that he's been waiting to... He's been in in, yeah. in, in sleep mode this whole time. Well, as a comic nerd, I think, like, well, that can't work, because... He has literally had on the Infinity Gauntlet multiple times, and if he was a Hydra agent, he'd have done way more than nice things with it. Like that's I, and he he doesn't seem to treat Hydra agents very well. Yeah, in the book itself. So like, what is the? It's it's, it's, it's so irritating. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's gonna meant, make me read this. It's meant to make you read it, and I think. I think Nick Spencer was left with a situation like, okay, Steve Rogers is Cap again. Do I just have him punch the, you know, Red Skull again, again and again, or do I do no, something? No, you turn new the Red it? Skull into Donald fucking Trump <laughs> in just one of the most insane things I've seen in modern comics. That's pretty great. That it was pretty hysterical. Uh, but all right, well, let's make this a bridge into what you've been reading, plus news, which is 
DC Rebirth. Mm-hmm. We, I read it. I read it. You read I, it. I, I thought. I thought it was pretty great. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It did. I needed something like this to get me, yeah. get me into another reboot. I, I was just like, I kind of don't want it. Ha- and I, I read the same negative stuff you did over the weekend when the spoilers started yeah. coming out. It was it was semi unavoidable with the big name and the headline for everything. Yeah, it's Jesus like, oh, here's Christ. a picture of Doctor Manhattan in all of them. Oh, gee, I wonder what the spoiler <laughs> Again, is. Mad spoiler warning. Yeah, um, but I think that's it's so out there now. It's just like the cap thing. Everybody's talking about it as a current and it is strange. It is strange. I remember. I know people. I think people are mad for the same reason they were mad at before Watchmen. Well, that's so, why I'm not mad. But yeah. th- and that's I think that was the buffer zone for like what yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm not, they already did that, and we mm. forgot and didn't care. Yeah, and it didn't alter the Watchmen. Comment. Yeah, it didn't change the way I look at Watchmen. I, yeah. I, I, I barely even read any of these books. Now they're completely gone, and no one's talking about them. That's exactly. But this is much different, and mm. but it also like I had they done this first, I I don't know maybe I would be up more up. Well, in the difference between this and before Watchmen was before Watchmen was a safe move in that they it was before Watchmen they were telling mm-hmm. no new stories forward mm-hmm. with the Watchmen characters. This is forward, like this mm-hmm. is this is saying after his final appearance in Watchmen, Doctor Manhattan is that what they're created. Saying? That last line of him, like, nothing ever ends. It, his speech there is like, maybe I'll try making some of my that own was, life. His, like, he was clearly on, a, on Mars. Yeah, he was on Mars, mm-hmm. but you also see his hand reach down. Mm-hmm. That's his hand. Like, Dr. Manhattan is a god who could alter the universe the way it got altered. So if we're not being clear to people like Dave, yeah, <laughs> Dave wait, yeah. it, it seems to be establishing that... Billy Crudup's na- nude man <laughs> character. Uh, but that... that um, Wally West... Is stuck in uh, the Speed Force or whatever it's yeah. called. That's the and, only way he survived the retconning. Of and he's he's basically he's surviving in an area like wow, I can't believe I'm making this comparison. Not unlike the conceit of Epic Mickey, where all the forgotten <laughs> heroes go and live, and uh, exactly. and he remembers everybody else, and all of a sudden it's become it's bursting open, and everybody's being asked to remember everything that's ever happened. Which is why I called it earlier. It seems like it seemed less a reboot, but like a an end to all the reboots. Yeah. Like putting finality on like, no, none of those ever worked because they could never it's like, work. It's opening the Ziploc bag. You put all the characters you well, threw away. I and- remember they were talking about that last year. Like continuity is important, but not yeah. to the degree we seem to think it is whenever we pretend to reboot these universes. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe you want to tell a, an Alan Scott Green Lantern story for no reason. And you mm-hmm. don't need to reboot a fucking universe to do that. People will just accept where it is if the story's interesting. You can yeah. take these characters to different places. And it doesn't matter what timeline it takes place in because you can do more interesting things when you're not connected to regular continu- continuity. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds really exciting. And I, I forgot what happened to that after Convergence. Yeah, um, and, and the, the, meta ref, the meta meaning of the book is what interests me the most. Yeah. Because, like, Wally West straight up says at the beginning, things used to be fun. I was mm-hmm. full of hope, and I was excited to be... Uh, the Flash. Being a superhero was not a tragedy for me. It was a positive. Barry Allen inspired me. Superheroes can inspire you. And then he, without saying the, without actually literally saying Watchmen made comics grim and gritty and less fun, he says something came in that. here. Wow. Something uh, came in here and <laughs> got rid of the love, got rid of the excitement, uh, and made this a depressing place. And that he talks about how, like, uh, at the end, it's a speech about, like, this is faith versus um, not believing in anything. This is... The, nihilism, it, man. It's nihilism versus, versus faith. And the nihilism is Watchmen. Watchmen... Or Batman versus Superman. Or Batman. Whatever. Well, let's not split hairs. No, I read another great <laughs> article saying, like, this could be 
Jeff Johns throwing immense shade at Zack Snyder <laughs> because Zack Snyder in 2008 made a Watchmen film mm-hmm. and repopularized it again. And mm-hmm. so a dude who comes in and fucks with DC and makes it sad <laughs> who is attached to Watchmen, that's Zack Snyder, man. And I, I, I like that reading as an anti-Zack Snyder guy. But uh, Is there any... Um does it expand upon the Watchmen in any way besides Doctor Manhattan? Like, no, it's Rebirth, a tease. Rebirth it's a itself tease. has like one real mm. big tease yeah. at the Watchmen. Yeah, and it's and, amazing. Like mm. it's and but also it's the format too. It starts off with Wally giving a speech about mm. a watch in a nine-panel grid, the exact way uh, that Doctor Manhattan does it in his origin chapter of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. And and also, I really like from a metatextual standpoint. Because, uh, like I mentioned in the reboots history, Jeff Johns put in a lot of stuff. He's like, oh, no, this is me talking about my feelings on DC Comics. Yeah. Wally West is constantly talking about, like, yeah. they used to remember this stuff, and now they don't. It used to be fun, and now it isn't. I wish they remembered the stuff I did, and they don't, and I, it sucks, <laughs> and no one remembers me. And I really like the lead-up. Love up. brought me back. and I, I, Yeah, love brought me back, and mm. there's no more love, and nobody is in love or married anymore. Mm. Like, And my favorite part was when it turns into what would be the – perfect send-off scene like wally Mm. saying you don't remember me either nobody does oh well it was the times are great and i loved every minute of it wanted to say goodbye yeah goodbye everybody it was his goodbye to the world and then barry allen is the one who again takes the action Mm -hmm. who grabs him he's like no i do remember you wally west is a person (laughs) wally i could never forget you hug that's the turning point that is supposed to be the big turning point moment of like no, we're allowed to remember, and that stuff happens. It's one of the most legit, beautiful moments in I've, I've read in mainstream mm. comics in some time. I, I thoroughly recommend reading Rebirth. And it is totally um, a rejection of what New 52 became, and I'd say like, yeah. just a lot of the... It's it's Jeff Johns refuting all this pessimism and anger and, and sadness that came into DC Comics, and now it is supposed to be the setup for it, the feud mm. coming out of this, the hot angle, Dave, in wrestling ah. parlance is that it's going to be Watchmen versus DC, and it is the happy DC characters fighting off the influence of Watchmen, literally and figuratively, <laughs> in a comic. And That's that insane. excites me. That's that excites insane. me. And what excited me after that, like, I just haven't been that excited to j- jump back into DC's universe. And then, like, after this, like, here's new the new issues that are coming yeah. out. And, like, holy shit, this all looks really exciting. These all look interesting. Why I is Lex j- Luthor Superman? I don't know. This and seems neat. And they're all two ninety nine. Like yes, they're all price. cheaper. Yeah, and that there's three Jokers like that twist. Yeah, that I don't know. Three. I don't know where did that come from. Like the last Batman. Um, it's actually in Justice League. You okay. know when he sat on the Mobius chair and he said, "What's just what's Joker's real name?" Mm-hmm. The answer was there are three Jokers. There's not. Mm-hmm. There there was never just one, mm-hmm. and there were always three. Which but you said very specific Jokers. Yeah, the Scott's, classic goofball Joker. Snyderverse. Uh, there's Snyderverse, <laughs> cut off his face, unkillable Joker. Mm-hmm. There's goofball 50s Joker. And then in between, there's killing joke Joker, just the cruel monster. And so, <laughs> though, not to say that, like, Snyder's Joker was an effed up guy as well. But, yeah, there was that. And also, Superman's dead. Like, and dead dead. Like, he's dead in a way of, like, New 52 Superman's not coming back. Mm-hmm. The Superman of this world is either going to be the super hyphen man, the mm-hmm. k- hero from Shanghai, I believe it is, or the 
pre-Flashpoint Superman who has a son and is married to Lois Lane who now lives in the Flashpoint universe or whatever you call it now. And yeah, it was just... And then there's also like the Legion of Superheroes was in there. The Teen Titans were in there. Wally, a lot of Lamb Man thinking about the Teen Titans. As yeah. if Jeff Johns, like, was he, that taken from him? He worked really hard to make the Teen Titans work <laughs> in the early 2000s. Okay. And they got erased because of the no the no sidekick rule. Teen Titans didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And same with, like, Wally didn't exist. And the the I felt so happy for Jeff Johns in reading Rebirth because I fell in love with Jeff Johns as a writer mm-hmm. through his work on The Flash under Wally West. Like, he loves Wally West and made him better than he ever had been. And being able to bring Wally back was great. And now he just is back in the world. He's not going to be the Kid Flash, mm-hmm. though. Like, he will be a new Flash in a new costume. Last he was Kid Flash. Uh, he hasn't been Kid Flash since Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's oh. when he became the new Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, quickly about other stuff I read, though. Mm-hmm. I read Hellcat number 6, which was a really good, like, summer vacation issue. Uh, drawn by Natasha Allegri, the creator of Bee and Puppycat, Bee and, Puppycat. and Fiona and Cake. And... Her art is great, but something's just off about the coloring. Like, the coloring feels like slapdash or, like, really flat. I don't know. It just, it felt like a half-finished issue. Though I will say that Arcade has never looked cuter than he does in that book. But it's a really fun book. And also where we we find out one character who I thought was gay was actually bi the whole time. Ew, that's impossible. You have to pick one side or the other. (laughs) Uh, That's that's what uh, Kate Leth, the writer, even talked about how she said she realized there's... There are more gay characters than ever in Marvel, but she herself is bi, and she says that there's fewer bisexual or queer, whatever you call it, characters in Marvel. And so she wanted to add another one by proclaiming that with the character of Ian. I will say, I just looked up for you, Dave, Invincible mm. on Unlimited. Yeah. It is actually the first eight issues of Aww. like 150. That's pretty uh, limited. It is kind of limited, yeah. uh, now that I think about it. But I don't know. We'll see. I think, But it, it does look like... It's giving like issues that have been around for over a hundred issues and are mm-hmm. ongoing, and you want to get people into them. Maybe the best way isn't three ninety nine up front. No way for the yeah. thing you've never. You're just curious about even a ninety nine cent sale is not. Does enough. it pick like, up within yeah. the first eight issues? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the oh, third. Man, the first eight issue. Well, and yeah, you I, gotta. I think it's issue six when the moment comes. There's yeah. there's a moment where okay. it gets interesting. Because right now it's you, just like, oh, this is quaint. Oh no, it's a, a quaint lame. Yeah. yeah. Nicely drawn comic, yeah. and it but, turns into something different yeah. pretty quickly. But you got to read that stuff for the twist to really matter. If I just told you, oh, start with the twist, like eh, it's not, that's not how the story is told, dude. And then I can't believe I'm saying this, but Scooby Doo Apocalypse <laughs> is not bad. I've heard that all over the place. It's, like, why is this good? I'm really mad that how it's dare good. you. Like this in Future Quest. What the. Fuck. Mm-hmm. So Scooby-Doo Apocalypse is a concept by Jim Lee mm-hmm. that turns that turns Daphne and Freddy into... Freddy is a cameraman for Daphne's reality show about uh, searching Ugh. for weird mysteries on the uh, sci-fi network. Velma is a uh, super-duper smart scientist who has experimented to make feral uh, super smart dogs that can attack people. And her father runs it. And she, she is... On, she seems on the spectrum. I think she's being written to be on the spectrum, which is so hot right now in fictional characters. <laughs> uh, and then Shaggy and in Scoob, Shaggy is I'm a nihilist vegan transgender dude. Well, he is Come on Scoob. He Let's a, figure out which bathroom to go in. Scoob. He is a total hipster who <laughs> who works for Velma's uh, dad <laughs> and who found a dog that 
the dog of that gained intelligence but just didn't have that killer instinct, <laughs> but who could talk. And so he then takes that dog to Burning Man, and they Jesus hang out, Christ. and he's really, and he, like, Scoob just says, like, Rotro, Reparoni, Rizza. <laughs> yeah, just, that is, but he also can, he wears, like, a VR goggles sometimes to see stuff. That all sounds idiotic. <laughs> but it's all part of Rebirth, too. Way to go, DC. What a week. Is this yeah. Rafi Fairtrade? <laughs> Rafi Fairtrade. <laughs> Though, as a Scooby fan, I was mad to see them eating pepperoni because I was like, wait a minute, they're vegetarians in some kind of... Uh, Casey Kasem is dead. He can no longer yeah, hold F-Casey. sway over the, the yeah. world of Shaggy. But and then they all meet up at Burning Man, That's and then crazy. the apocalypse happens during it, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like, this... <laughs> yeah. But it's really... It was actually really good. I I will give it to the creators. Uh, writers are J.M. DeMatteis and Keith Giffen, who did the Justice League International books, like who know how to do geeky, funny stuff, but who are also like 60 years old, I'd venture, <laughs> wow. I guess, but are doing this great work. And uh, so they're doing the hip reboot. Yeah. And then the artist is Howard Porter, who is a very underrated artist, in my opinion, who did uh, the bulk of the art on Grant Morrison's written run on JLA mm-hmm. and also did a good chunk of Jeff John's run on The Flash and so he's a big like he's a big deal artist doing it and so I hate to say it but honestly like Scooby Doo Apocalypse not uh, unworth checking out you'll never understand how much I hate Scooby Doo it was never not on <laughs> I, I hate, I hate it. Scooby and I and I think it was it, but like hearing you talk about it mm. I loved the premise, and I liked the mysteries, and I liked the go. I loved all that. Yeah, it was always hampered by shit, fucking animation, yes. and horrible attempts at comedy. Yes, and maybe in, in a comic book you can take all of that out. <laughs> and I'm it- trying to eat this big sandwich, Scoob. <laughs> no, if we get done, I get to go fuck Daphne. I mean, eat a cookie, Scoob. <laughs> Let's both eat dog food together, Scoob. <laughs> I'm just remembering now that that show had a laugh track, didn't it? It, In certain certain seasons, yes, it had a fucking laugh track. That show's terrible. That shows you when Hanna-Barbera was really out there in the deer of just like, let's add laugh tracks to stuff. I bet that'll make it even more fun. Yes, that's how much faith we have in our own writing. (laughs) Kids won't know that uh, Jabberjaw's funny unless there's laughing. Kids won't know we couldn't afford Don Knotts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so yeah, that's, that's what I read, Dave. And just the Invincible so far. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did watch also the season finale of The Flash and uh, nutty, wild, wacky stuff wild there. Stuff, man. No, it was it was a crazy thing. I said it had basically a reference to Christ on Infinite Earths, and uh, spoilers also has a reference to Flashpoint, which is funny to see. Really? In the same day, they throw Flashpoint in the dumpster. <laughs> but then on the TV show, they're implying like season three kind of starts with Flashpoint, which uh, seems kind of crazy, though they are doing the thing that, like, does drive me nuts on that show that happens... It happened in Smallville all the time and just turned me off to it, which was, wow, you actually had narrative thrust and relationship changed and new stuff happened. What This will really change the status quo. Oh, you just hit the reset button. Like, you just had a character travel back in time and then do that. Great! <laughs> and so... I fear that's what's going to happen with Flash. But, man, the end episode with his final race against Zoom, boy, that was a great, great stuff. They really blew out their effects budget on that one. Damn it. In terms of news, I, I saw one thing that seemed like bullshit about Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin joining the Spider-Man Homecoming universe. Oh, really? 
Yes, in that, that it, and then Vincent Nafrio today tweets out like, "Loving all this." Tell Marvel <laughs> hashtag hashtag hashtag. He should and be it's, there. Which means it's not being talked about because yeah. he, he's hearing about it through social media channels. But it just the, the I think people were excited because like, well, why hasn't the Netflix universe talked more to like a, a, either Agents of Shield or the MCU because yeah. they're clearly part of the same universe? And and I you know to be honest, I. I think most people are like, well, it's just ego in separate divisions. But like, yeah. if you're Sony begging to borrow whatever property you can, yeah, you'll probably be more willing to open up those channels to Netflix because there's no it's water under the fucking bridge to you. What do you care? You're not Marvel. Yeah. You're Sony. You're desperately hanging on to what you have of Marvels. <laughs> I mean, and they he, could they could talk to uh, was it Fox and get Michael Clark Duncan from uh, the Daredevil yeah. movie from from the Mortuary. <laughs> you know that Michael Clark Duncan did play Kingpin in the CG animated Spider-Man series of the uh, early 2000s. That was I on MTV. Not. I did yeah. not. Yeah, that was the rare crossover there. But uh, Michael Clark Duncan has been stuffed and has turned into a bear statue somewhere oh, in Maine. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, they could talk to the other uh, movie and get Bill, Bill, Bill Murray as Kingpin. Uh, Jesus Christ. Thank you. His power is that he's missing a hand? I don't know. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, your questions for me and your answers to last week's question of the week. Stay tuned. Last week on Cheap Podcast, the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling... A little bit worried about Alberto Del Rio just because he's like hasn't been doing much since the, uh, the League of Nations broke up. But I think he's just like, how soon until he quits again and calls somebody? Well, right now he's apparently like, dating. Uh, oh, he's dating Paige, Paige so that'll I, calm oh, any nerves, yeah. I think. Uh, what do you think of that I age difference? She's twenty four, he's thirty nine. I think it's great, Paige. and all men should be able to do it as much as they want, <laughs> <laughs> which well, we have throughout all of history. Yes, yeah. uh, it's Listen to Cheap Popcast on the Laser Time Network and on iTunes and on the internet every Friday morning. Hi everyone, just a quick break here to say thank you very much for listening to Cape Crisis, the Laser Time podcast super hit of comic book knowledge and talkery. You know, if you enjoy this, I hope you know that this is supported by Patreon. Patreon.com slash LaserTime is where you can directly support all of us in doing this as our full-time job. If you enjoy this, any little bit you can give monthly helps out, and if you give at least $5 a month, you get access to so many awesome, awesome things. Also, you should know uh, that if you subscribe to this on iTunes, bully for you and give a review. But if you use other things like Stitcher and Google Play, we're on there too now. So give that a looking as well. And now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. You know, seeing the return of Wally West in the world of DC Comics via DC Rebirth reminded me just how much I enjoyed Jeff John's run on the Flash book when Wally was under the mask. And so I'm going to suggest any of Jeff John's work on the Flash pre-Infinite Crisis. I suppose my favorite of them, I mean, if you're just going to splurge by the whole freaking omnibus that has every issue of it, though definitely um, the Rogue War is a really good one too. And I'll have links to that in this week's episode page, which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com. Now back to the rest of the show.
Avengers Assemble! And welcome to the third segment. No time for quiz this week because we were so stuffed with news to talk about with Rebirth and, and all that. So we're just going to jump right into the Ask Hank stuff. Uh, so Tenga asked, what is your most favorite comic book character of all time? I'm talking X-Pac heat here in uh, wrestling parlance, which means get this person off my screen. Not I hate this villain. It's more like I never want to see this character. And uh, they continue. And it has to be a character of some renown, not some doofy one-off gag character like Arm Fall-Off Boy. What's the question? It is my most hated oh, comic hated, book character. Sorry. A character I you can't... favorite and like, no. none of this makes any sense. <laughs> uh, and so I would say definitely aggro dudes like U.S. Agent and Guy Gardner who are just like such like alpha male bro-y types and, and honestly more conservative type dudes. I wasn't into them, but... Jeff Johns wrote some Guy Gardner stuff I actually kind of liked. And uh, Dan Slott, one of my favorite writers, he gave a characterization U.S. agent I actually really enjoyed. And so I don't want to say those two guys, though I will say like Superboy Prime, he was a one-note joke that just ran out so fast that anytime he came back, I was like, I get it. You guys want to draw yourself in comics and make fun of the people who go to your (laughs) message boards. Move on. That's, that's so Superboy Prime would be my pick. Either of you guys have any? I don't know. Really, nothing on the top of this my is head. Hank. Yeah. Uh, well, so Retronus asks Hank, is Iron Fist or Captain America the better fighter? I know Cap is essentially the Marvel's Batman in terms of fighting ability. So does that mean he'd be better? Uh, he'd beat Old Danny in a one-on-one fisticuffs match with Shield, without Shield, etc. I must know. Well, Retronus, in my opinion. I would say I've seen Iron Fist get his butt kicked by other great martial artists. So he's by no means the number one martial artist in the Marvel Universe. He's very good, and he has his Iron Fist, which is a mystical super punch. But it's still not the, he's still not the best fighter in general. Hmm. Captain America is equal to him in fighting skill, I would say. And also he has constant endurance and more experience. And so... When Batman pretty much said to him in JLA Avengers that I think you could beat me, Captain America, in a fight, but uh, why? But let's so let's not fight. That to me said Cap would beat any similarly powered person in hand to hand, and if it was with Shield, Cap would win immediately. I would say, well, not immediately, but he would win. And lastly, Ravenbaum says, "What is the best series you've never read?" And uh, for me, I would have to say uh, I'm going to have to go with manga because there's a lot of manga I have not read. And um, I really love Naoki Urasawa's work, especially 20th Century Boys and Pluto. But I haven't read his first book that made him famous, Monster, Mm. which is a kind of like Silence of the Lambs type book about you know the the 90s early 90s fascination with serial killers and unlocking their brains yeah which i think is i i was listening to true crime people now talk about it just like serial killers are not like super geniuses no they found a way to profoundly damaged and if they're (laughs) they're really killery Mm -hmm. they get caught immediately and a lot of them like have 
have like the intelligence of a smart dog. Yes. I heard them say. The stronger their will to kill, the more likely they are to get caught. They're not Hannibal Lecter. So the That's people who sure. kill like two, three people at a riverbed, they never get caught, and they're not that interesting. But so monster, mm-hmm. monster would be mine. Do either of you guys have one that you wish you? I forgot the read? question. A, a comic you want to read but have not, like that's on your must. Are you ready pile. for this? Okay, Sandman. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, you haven't read that. I Man, think I've I read, read the the first part of it, but I remember being like kind of bored. Mm. Yeah, um, Sandman's not unlike Invincible. We were talking about, mm-hmm. which is the first eight issues. They were just yeah. figuring shit out, mm-hmm. and it's really more like issue sixteen where they really or twelve where and, they really figured out. But you get to see Robert Smith in all his different forms. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Sandman and like I, I talk about it all the time. Like I know anything about it other than what I've read. But the Dark Phoenix saga, I've never read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marvel cards filled me in with a little kid to be to be part of the conversation yeah. on the uh, the schoolyard, which I basically mean a section of the bus where people wouldn't beat us up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Dark Phoenix Saga, Sandman, and I probably will never will, to be yeah. totally honest. Uh, so last week's question. Wait, we... I had one. Oh, sorry, Dave. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, you haven't read that one, the... man. I was well, gonna wait for the color one, and now I, it, it's one of the uh, just, or Justice League uh, Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, I think it's the color version too, isn't it? Yeah, they if put. It, it better be more than just eight issues, though. Dan. They put good work into those color pages. They really like the coloring is not half-assed on there. All right, so Batman Boy 11 was the first responder to last week's question of the week, which was, what three books would you subscribe to if they were the only three comic books you could subscribe to for the rest of your life? Uh, So Batman Boy 11 said, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat first, a fresh and fun book with great female characters and awesome art. It's super unique among the superhero world these days. Two, Daredevil. Big fan of old Hornhead, and while... And while the swing back to a more serious Daredevil after Wade's run is somewhat familiar, the art is phenomenal. And then Black Widow, Mark Wade and Samney Man, they're pretty much the favorite duo in comic right now. Only thing is, we've had more issues of Daredevil and Hellcat, so there's more to love at this point. But give Black Widow a few more a few more months. Uh, to the Mac Cave said, Ghostbusters International. I'll read anything Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. Darkwing Duck. It, it, had just, it just started, but issue one was great. Wait, what? So I think Darkwing Duck might be back. Excuse me? Is that I know. this know, picture's from? Someone just sent to me? And to the Mac Cave said, Superman forever and always. Uh, John Wiesel had a real problem picking, but he said, number one, Invincible, it's better than Walking Dead, and is some of the craziest superhero action ever in comics. That's for damn sure. You will, you will see more exploding heads. Yeah. That, like, wow. I just love that on a turn of a dime, they're just like, oh, they, hey, this seems like a cool fight. Squish. That man's <laughs> head, just like brains are leaking out of his ears. He's dead. <laughs> the, the fight wasn't supposed to end at this page, you would think, from pacing, but it's just over. Anyway, John Wizzle's second choice was Amazing Spider-Man. Even if I haven't been loving the direction, I gotta keep up with Spidey. And number three, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, I said it. It's awesome. Raccoon Hale, who, on our forums, if you haven't seen him, uh, Raccoon (laughs) Hale has put together quite a list of the ranking every fictional raccoon ever, I believe. (laughs) I know he's past 50 at this point. Uh, But first off was Star Wars, because much of I love the other Star Wars comics... The core Star Wars books keep sucking me back in, and it feels like it rewards me from time to time. He also said Amazing Spider-Man used to be my number one answer to this question, and it's still very good, but I don't know if I really enjoy Peter Parker as Tony Stark Jr. And number three, The Shadow! 
it can be campy, it can be silly, but who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. And lastly, Kelshaw said, I'll go with one from Marvel, DC, and Image. Marvel, Moon Knight. Crazy good art, interesting story direction. I've not been reading current Moon Knight. It sounds very good. It's Jeff Lemire. Or no, Jeff Lemire. I was corrected on pronouncing it because uh, we have uh, no, we have one very good follower who, who like lives in his hometown in Canada, and he's like, it's Lemire. But so Jeff Lemire is doing a very good run on Moon Knight. Sorry, Kelshaw continues for DC. Even though it hasn't started Batman by Tom King, he can do nothing wrong. Wow, I, I had not even heard of that one. Uh, or uh, an image picks out Saga. The obvious mm. choice, but the right one. The highs of Saga are unparalleled. And on Com- Comicsology Unlimited. Wow. I mean, they had to get that. That is like the... They can put that right on the center of just like, yep, the you get this to get Saga. All your friends my, tell you about Saga, get it. I would walk into my... I like digital comics a lot. And I go into my comic store once or twice a month and I just... Ah, uh, new image book, 10 bucks. I don't care. Whatever it is. Uh, here you go. 10 bucks. Uh Oof. Yeah. <laughs> oof. <laughs> this is pretty much that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you... Okay, so this week's question of the week, I'm going to have it be about internet spoilers of books. Like, what do you think of them? Is it okay on day of release to spoil what happened in Captain America because it's a newsworthy giant character change? Or should should you shut up about it? Like, how do you deal with discussing spoilers on Twitter? I want to give a little shout out to... Almost every comic outlet treated it as a spoiler. Mm. Massive shakeup with mm. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Every yeah. mainstream outlet just spoiled it in the yeah. headline with an image. They're just like, mm. well, we got to get people in with a headline. Just to have a crazy headline. That'll get people. I but. feel like there needs to be better care taken for a comic book spoiler compared to a TV show spoil- spoiler. Because, I mean, for one thing, the... the there's less people like reading a, any given comic than watching New Game of Thrones or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like everyone's gonna be tweeting Game of Thrones as it happens because it's a set time. But this mm-hmm. is like you you might read comics at night. You might read comics the second that they become available. But like if you're in England, you're reading it eight hours before I, I most. Americans. I don't even blame the press or people. Like DC and Marvel have been traditionally awful about like mm-hmm. delivering spoilers up front at yeah. cons months before the books come out, or giving like Human Torch's death away to New York Times. And but just there, there feeds into that anti-spoiler thing in general. They're just like, well, we gave you, we gave you a solution, but you don't know the journey. Yeah, and it's that a, you can't. People getting mad over reading a Wikipedia entry about Captain America or Superior Spider-Man. There you go. It's not the same as reading the book. Like you don't have context, and so. If it excites you, you should read it, I think. Like, if you want, or if you don't, don't read it, you know? But it, I do, I don't think... I was hearing about that with Planet of the Apes, that Mm. Planet of the Apes, the ending of the film has been on every box since the original (laughs) movie came poster. Since the original movie poster. It has been spoiled from you in the first image that you see of the movie, and the movie still works, and people still love it. It's about Mm. quality. Like, if your thing only works on a twist, then Mm -hmm. it's not a good movie. Like, say, Star Trek Into Darkness, or... (laughs) Yeah, and so though, by the way, with the with the Game of Thrones spoilers, like I'm glad I I'm a Twitter obsessive who doesn't care about Game of Thrones because like there was a big deal ass thing that happened in this week's episode. Yeah, and how do you all know? I, because because I, it's on, on Twitter, Twitter. Right. and this is unlike every other Game of Thrones spoiler where I'm where I'm like this will have fallen out of my head if I ever decide to watch the show or read the books. 
I'll forget. But now this week, it's like, oh, that is a thing. I know who that is, and I know Everybody what, the, know. Well, I know what but, happened to this person. And, uh, and by the way, from one guy who writes content for the internet to another people, mm-hmm. if your headline is going to be, spoiler is gone from this episode of Game of Thrones, don't have that picture be the yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you. Or girl. Well, I think that, or animal. What you guys don't know, because you're not watching, uh, is that character's fate is a, the least interesting thing about what happened. Well, yeah. Well, that's the mm. other thing. People were saying the quote all over the place on Twitter. I was like, just because you don't say this character said this thing, mm. boy, to not even say it is getting so confusing. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. just to see the quote context-free on Twitter, I was like, but that spoils it too. Just You know what? If you want to say hold the door, just fucking write it. <laughs> just don't. Nah, I'm going to cut that part. <laughs> anyway. Why? You spoil that so much other things. Yeah. So many other I don't things. want to spoil game. People are very yeah. serious about Game of Thrones spoilers. They, they wouldn't know to come here. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So that's this week's question of the week. It'll be in the forums. What is your strategy for spoilers on social media or in comments or all that stuff? Do you seek them out? Do you not care? Does it ruin a story for you? Mm. Tell us about it in the forums, and I'll read the best ones on the next episode. Mm. And that's that for this week. So what do we got to talk about? Listen to Laser Time, baby. I'm always worried about episodes becoming dated. We try and make uh, (laughs) episodes kind of evergreen. So this week, according to Rotten Tomatoes, we wanted to see what the best, according to Rotten Tomatoes score, not us, is the best video game movie ever made in the midst of one video game movie being released and another promising movie video game movie coming out and they're both terrible yes and like the, the, the stand still stand, stand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy uh, and there's also 302010 where we talk about the recent events in the world uh, 302010 our pop culture time machine where we talk about the events in a given week 30 years ago 20 years ago and 10 years ago we had a big talk about Civil War a couple episodes back. Wow. Real fun times there. Indeed. And there's Talking Simpsons, our weekly deconstruction of every episode of The Simpsons from the beginning. Just did Flaming Moe's, one of the top ten best episodes mm. ever of the show. What and did I call it? The episode I would show aliens and what, what human culture <laughs> can do. God, just and I made a gif of Homer's Happy Land dance. Like, I'm the magical man from Happy The animation, like just watching in a gif form without <laughs> audio is just amazing. <laughs> Where did you put that gif? Uh, in a tweet about oh, this week's sweet. episode. Check it out. Uh, and the first season of Talking Simpsons, along with comic book, cartoon, mm-hmm. commentaries, mm-hmm. pro wrestling commentaries, yeah. all this stuff, that's on patreon.com slash laser time if you yeah. want to get access to all that boatload of stuff and support us doing this. this is our full-time job. And the flagship of, of our Patreon uh, bonus time, yeah. our weekly podcast where we just talk, we talk about our goings-ons and... Uh, uh, it's a little bit more raw, and it includes a story about me being very unheroic uh, on, a, on a bus. So sure they usually do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on uh, the day this comes out, there's our weekly live stream about pro wrestling yeah. where we go through the best matches of the week. Cheap Popcast Live, right? Come join us. Yeah, and see all the great stuff we do on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash laser time Wrestling Network. matches featuring... X-Men characters. Yeah, we just had the X-Men Battle Royal to see who will be the next solo movie superstar. This You will not believe the results. In fact, they are really depressing. <laughs> All right. So until next time. <laughs> sorry. Until next time in this rebirthed world of comic books. Excelsior! Excelsior!